Are we there? Hebrews 5. I'll be reading verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Praise God. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Praise God. I can go over it again. It says strong meat, strong meat. Praise God. Can we all say strong meat, please? Belong it. Praise God. Which means that to eat strong meat is not for a child. Or strong meat is not for uh, an infant, right? You must be an adult to be able to chew. You must be able to grind. Your, you must have strong teeth enough so that when you, you're chewing or whatever you're doing, you're, I mean, you're going to be able to do it effectively, praise God, so that you don't swallow a bunch of like meat like that. You have to grind it well. The Bible says clearly that strong meat well, belongs to them that are of full age, that is, those who are matured to them who are matured praise god hallelujah it belongeth to those who are matured it belongeth to those who are strong it belongeth to those who have grown hallelujah that are of full age even those who by reason you see that even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Praise God. Do you see that there? Even those who, by reasoning of use, by reason of use, that is to say, there's going to be a time when you should be able to reason. You should be matured enough to be able to understand things the way they operate and how you ought to behave yourself. But it says, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. In other words, they are matured enough, they are strong enough. They've grown to the point that they know what is right from wrong. They know what is good from evil. Praise God. And that is what God expects from every one of us. Hallelujah. As Christians, praise God. And so today we're going to do that. We're going to exercise our senses. We're going to make use of what God gave to us. Praise God. There's a topic that I want to be teaching on today because the reason why I want us to, to, to stretch ourselves is because many times you've heard a lot about this thing that is about to happen, but you haven't been able to pay good attention to it. That's number one. Number two, some people don't take it seriously. Praise God. And then number three is that some people are completely ignorant about it. Ignorant in the sense that they have no clue of what is going to happen. Praise God. And what I'm going to be speaking about this morning is nothing else but the rapture. The rapture. Praise God. It is good to talk about blessing, miracle, healing, deliverance, wealth, health, prosperity, all of these. But it is also good for us to be talking about the rapture because... The rapture is going to take place pretty soon. Praise God. 
this incident or this occasion is going to happen at any moment from now. And it's not just going to just happen anyhow, but it's going to happen based on God's time, God's preparation for every child of God to be taken away from this earth. Praise God. And as a result, you and I as believers, the Bible says we're going to be taken away. Our lives are no longer going to be in pain or shame or agony or trouble anymore. We are going to be completely free. Praise God. We're living in a time of depression. We're living in a time of affliction. We're living in a time of sorrow. We're living in a time of great distress and stress and perplexity. Praise God. It's a time that is full of evil. Evil everywhere. Everywhere you go, you see wickedness in operation. Praise God. In fact, Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 spoke about that. It's a time of evil, a time of wickedness. Praise God. It's a time of fear. A time of fear. People are so afraid of this coronavirus. And the world is in complete, complete uh, uh, trouble, I should say, because they are afraid now some cities that are locked down, like in Italy, in Iran, in Japan, and all of that. And people are confused. The economy of the world is going down. There is so much that is, that is, that is, that is at stake. And people don't know what to do. But as believers, as children of God, you and I ought not to be surprised. Praise God. You and I ought not to be confused. As children of God, the Bible clearly tells us about these things that are going to happen. Jesus himself spoke about it. He says that the last days, these are the things that are going to happen. And you and I must be prepared for these things. Praise God. So you should not be troubled like the world you should not be stressed or confused like other people. You should not be depressed and discouraged. In fact, what you should be doing is that you should be expecting the Lord to return at any time from now. Praise God. There's a whole lot that is going on in our world. There's a lot of satanic domination. Satanic domination. Everywhere you go, you see the manifestation and the manipulation of satanic activities. You can see that in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. There is darkness according to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. There is complete hatred for Christ and for the people of God, for the church, and for the word of God, and for the nation of Israel. Anything that has to do with God or that concerns God, they should just put that in the garbage and, and fight against it, criticize it, uh, accuse or abuse it, or whatever the case might be. As long as it has to do with God, the world doesn't want to accept it. Praise God. It is a time wherein modernization has taken the place of exalting and worshiping God. So instead of exalting and worshiping God, people are saying, no, we're no longer in that age anymore. We're in the age of technology. We're in the age of modernization. It is all about pluralism. It's not about one truth that is um, a paramount truth. No, there are many other gods. There are many other truths. There are many other ideas. Ideas and opinion has become the anthems of our day. There's no more truth anymore. You want to tell people that what the word of God says is A and B. They say, no, just damn that one. It's about one thing that a scientist has said. One thing that a philosopher had proclaimed. Or something that science is, is, is sort of like pursuing. And so people believe that there's a man upstairs, but they don't call him God. They believe that there's a man upstairs and they don't worship him. They believe that there's a man upstairs. They believe that there's a big bang and there's no creator. You know, it's a lot of confusion. It's a lot of nonsense. It's a lot of foolishness that is going on in our world today. 
they despise God and reject the things of God. These are the days wherein people's opinions are much more honored than the will and the word of God. Men have been worshipped instead of God being worshipped. Celebrities, money, and things, and wealth has become so paramount to the extent that people want to be a celebrity, even though they are not going to be a celebrity. They just tend to be a celebrity. Why? Because the world says, oh, if you're not a celebrity, you won't make it in life. People want to be popular. People want to be known. And so you see everybody is online. If they are not on Facebook, they are on Twitter. If they are not on Twitter, they are on YouTube or whatever. They just want to be, to be known, to be advertised. People want to make wealth at all, all costs, overnight riches. People don't want to even be here to understand that in life there is a stage. The young one wants to grow old immediately. The old one wants to become young again. There's a lot of confusion. Praise God. The word of God is being rejected. Hallelujah. The things of God is despised. Sin has become the anthems of our day. Righteousness is ignored. And foolishness has become an issue of the moment. That is why you see anyone that is foolish that will go online will make millions of dollars in the moment. As long as you're foolish, you can talk nonsense, just have an opportunity to go through the social media. You will see before you know you have a lot of subscribers, you have a lot of millions and dollars and being poured into your account because you're a foolish man. Or you can manipulate people. Praise God. People don't respect, they don't honor anything that is of decency and honor and respect anymore. No, if you can go online and you can use the F word, use the B word, use the A word and do all kinds of things. Our people will like you and they will always want to watch and see what you can say. But if you're decent, you're responsible, respectful, nobody wants to be with you. Nobody wants to be with you. Nobody wants to hear you. Hallelujah. We're living in a time of denial. Denial of Christ's return. Denial of true Christian living. Denial of our faith. Denial of sound doctrine. Praise God. Denial of godliness and godly authority. Denial of the biblical principles. Denial of true love. I'm not talking about that manipulative, sinful, and fake love. I'm talking about the true love for one another and the true love of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, it breaks my heart somehow because, take note of this now. If you miss your way because you don't know where you are going or you do not have any sense of direction, somehow I can accommodate that. Praise God. But if you know where you are going and you have clear direction as to where you are going and you miss your way, I will query that. Praise God. And that is what is happening in our world today. There are so many people out there who knows? They know very well what the truth is. They know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. They know that Jesus is coming. They know that the world is coming close to, to an end. An end in the sense that the chapter of grace is coming to an end, but people are still careless about it. And let me tell you this. This rapture we're going to talk about is going to happen once. And if you miss it, you will miss it for good. Praise God. It's like you having an opportunity to live once. Praise God. And the day you die, that's the end. You're not going to come and live again. How serious are you? How committed are you? How mindful are you about the things of God and about eternity? You can lose money. You can lose marriage. You can lose a business. You can lose a job. You can lose an opportunity. And you can recover them. But if you lose heaven, 
there is no way you can recover it. Have you ever thought about it? How serious are you in your Christian faith? You know, the issues about grace and mercy and the love of God has permeated the gospel today and people misunderstand the truth. People proclaim that, oh, Jesus died once saved, you are always saved. People proclaim, oh, it's by his grace and by his mercy. Or oh, people say it is the righteousness of Christ, not, it's not, not about your own righteousness. What they fail to realize or to understand is that truly it is the righteousness of God in Christ. But are you walking in that righteousness? If we are made righteous in Christ, are we going to walk in that righteousness? Or are you walking? Are we walking in that righteousness until the day of Jesus Christ? Or you are just becoming lackadaisical? Oh, he is our righteousness, so it doesn't matter. You can go back and live in sin. Go back and commit your, uh, your life to the things of darkness or to the devil. And you say, well, I'm under grace. Oh, his mercy endured forever. You will miss heaven and you'll be shocked. That's the time you will realize that your pastor doesn't have his say when it comes to eternity. The pastor that is telling you, one save is forever saved. Oh, it doesn't matter what you do. God still loves you. You still make heaven. Watch out. Because the pastor doesn't have any opinion or any decision when that day comes. It is God's decision. Praise God. It has to do with your relationship with God. Praise God. That is why you must guard your life. You must be conscious. You must be serious. Hallelujah. You must be very, very faithful in the things of God. Praise God. It is a world wherein money has become another God. If you don't have money, people don't have respect and honor for you. And people think that money is everything. That is wrong. Wrong concept about life. Wrong concept about life. Some people think that, well, you know what? We can live and die and that's it. It's over. It's done. And that's all. No, the Bible says it is appointed unto a man once to die. And after that, what? The judgment. So death is an appointment with God. The day you close your eyes here, you're going to open your eyes right in the presence of God. There are scriptures in the Bible that when you read them, it causes you to fear this God. This God that you say, oh, it's a loving God. It's a merciful God. Oh, it's the, it's the lamb of God. And this same God is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This very same God is going to judge every man. This same God is going to put people in hell. Yes, breaking news. This same God that will say, oh, God is wonderful. God is great. God is mighty. He is the same God who is the judge of all flesh. Praise God. Don't take him for granted. The people that lived in the days of Noah... He preached for over a hundred years, and God was still patient, still patient, still patient, still patient, patient, and waited until that day came. Listen, you're not better off, or you're not much more than those people that live in the days of Noah. The whole earth, only eight. Eight people saved. Eight. Eight. In the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, when there was so much abomination and evil, wickedness, God wanted to destroy that land. It was only, um, 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 what's his name again? Lot and his family that were saved. Can you imagine that? This God is not a joker. This God is a serious God. It is a judge somehow, somewhere that will, 
that will say something and then the, the, the nation looked at it and the, the constitution says, well, no, this is unconstitutional. Based on what the judge have said, the decision is wrong and we're going to go back and revisit the decision. Oh, no. When God makes decision, it is final. People were drowning. The water caught them up on their hip, their neck, and their legs, their shoulder. And they were still shouting and God did not open that door. Noah could not do it because it was God that shut the ark. And they all died. Listen, the truth is that if God say you will die, you will surely die. Nobody will stop him. If God say you will live, you will surely live. Nobody will stop him. The point I'm trying to make to you this morning is that it is true that Jesus is coming. It is true. He is coming. Looking at all that we're going through right now in our world today, the economic rubbish and all the, 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 the health hazard, look at all the, the trauma, the frustration, and, and everything that is going on in our world today is a sign. Go with me to Matthew 24 quickly. Matthew 24. Let's start from there. We're chewing some meat this morning. Amen. Matthew 24. Are we there? From verse 1, and Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto him, See ye not all those things? Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? And of the end of the world. You see that there? The sign of the coming. When shall these things be? When shall the end of the world come? Verse 4 says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Number one, take heed that no man deceives you. We talked about deception the other day, a few weeks ago. Number two, verse number five says, It says, And many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled. Jesus said, you should not be troubled because you have an assurance that is coming, right? For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. It's just a sign to show you that the end is coming. Verse 7 says, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famine. You see that? How much? Listen. How many more famines are we looking forward to see before Jesus comes? You want, you want the entire human race to be wiped off, then that's the time you believe, oh, now it's true, I believe Jesus is coming. No. They're happening now. Everywhere. Praise God. He says that there shall be famine and pestilence. Pestilence is everywhere. And earthquakes in diverse places. Praise God. All these are the beginning of sorrows. The beginning of what? Sorrow. So there's going to be a lot of sorrows. So it didn't say at the beginning of sorrow. It said at the beginning of sorrows. Are you serious of going to heaven? Are you prepared to meet Jesus or not? Church is not a place for funfair. Church is not a mere social community gathering. God is a relational God. He's a person. And this God loves you. Do you love him as much as he loves you? I know you won't reach that level, but do you love God? 
The point is, it's like even in the physical, when a woman is pregnant, you know, when the time is close, that's the time she begins to have more pain because the baby is really, really mature to come out now. She'll be having all kinds of pain. The baby will be kicking, stretching, and do all sorts of things. And the impact is going to tell on the woman's body. She'll be in more pain. And as soon as the water breaks, that makes it worse. You know that the time of labor has come. Already the water had already broken. Praise God. We've seen all the signs of the end of the age. Jesus is coming. Praise God. Are we prepared? Again, it's like a woman that is pregnant and that baby is there feeling the comfort of the mother's womb and the heat and everything and be feeding from the mother's womb. If you go to that baby and say, oh, excuse me, you're having fun down there, but pretty soon your mom is going to push you out. You're going to be delivered into a world that is full of pain and agony or trouble or maybe prosperity. The baby, the, the baby will look at you and say, you're you talking nonsense, right? Where am I? Or where I am now, I'm comfortable, I'm okay. But listen to this now. It is just naturally clear, and it's just about a moment of time. Whether the baby likes it or not, the mom is going to push that baby out. But if you go and tell that baby that you're going to be born into another world, that baby won't believe you. And that is exactly what is happening now. We're telling you that Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And people don't take it seriously. See a lot of visions, a lot of revelation, a lot of things that is out there on the internet. I'm not validating everything that is out there that you're seeing on social media because some of them may be false, based on falsehood and, and manipulation and all of that. But the truth is that God is ministering to people out there and letting them point out to the world that he is coming again. First Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'll be reading from verse 13. But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Praise God. So don't be sorrowful like others without hope. We are hopeful. Praise God. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ will God bring with him. Verse Number 15, for this we say unto you by the word, take note now, by the word of the Lord that we, by the word of the Lord, this is, in other words, we're saying what God has said or what God is saying or what God wants to say, all of that. God has said it, God is saying it, and God wants to say it again and again. I am reiterating it that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself, this is the most important thing here now. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Verse 18 says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Two major things that I want to pass across from this verse is clear that he himself is coming back. Jesus himself, the Lord himself shall descend. He's going to suspend in the cloud. 
and the trumpet of the angels will sound. And before you know, you'll be walking along Finch and Sentinel. Maybe you're going to walk just a normal day. Just a normal day as usual. And then suddenly the trumpet sound. Before you, you, you try to turn, you're going up. You're disappearing. Praise God. People will see you literally be lifted up. And then the world will think that, no, those were some special beings that were on earth. And they were just this, that. That is what the Antichrist and his court will be saying. All over the news, if a pilot is born again, he will disappear and the plane will go and crash. If the train driver is born again, he will disappear and whatever is going to happen to those who are there, that's their case. But you and I will be changed, the Bible says, in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye, will disappear. It is going to happen. It is going to happen. You have no choice. I have no choice. The government cannot say, oh, no, you don't, you won't go, you won't go, no. Even if they change you, you're still going to disappear. Like we're in the church right now, if it happens right now, even this roof cannot stop us. We're going to go through this roof. It is called a celestial body. That is why the Bible says, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. So it's like, by the time you wink like this, you're, you're, you're like, ooh, and you're like looking down, ah, we're gone. You see, this breaks my heart because when I think about this, I looked at those, or I think about those who are much concerned about human validation. When somebody will be praising you when you are doing something wrong, or you're living a life that is not glorifying God, and they say, it doesn't matter, it's okay, it's okay. They will not decide for you on that day. It is God's decision. It is God that will take you away. Praise God. It is not like the pastor will have to check his register. It's okay, Sister Grace or, or Brother Grace or Brother Blessing or Brother Prosperity. Your name is here. Come on. Go with Jesus. And then next one, oh, Sister Susan. Yes, join Jesus. The next line. And then after the pastor finishes his register and then Jesus says, are you done? All these ones you want them to go. The pastor says, yes, yes. Okay, then let's go. No. If the pastor is not qualified, he himself won't go. It's a fearful thing. Praise God. If the bishop, the archbishop, the reverend father, whoever he is, with all the big title, if he's not qualified to go, he won't go. Praise God. Forget about people's opinion regarding that rapture. What you need to pay attention to is God's word regarding the rapture, because it is God's will, it's going to be done according to God's plan, God's way, and God's choice. Praise God. Hallelujah. The meaning of the word rapture, excuse me, is caught up. Caught up. That is what we read from Thessalonians just now. Um, we read that from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. 16, 17 says, In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, we shall be changed. Praise God. 16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven, from heaven with the loud voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ, the, those who are dead, they are the very first people that will get up from the grave. So if you're walking by the graveside on that day when that thing is going to happen, you see grave splits open. Christians are getting up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be cut up. That is the word now. Rapture shall be cut up. How? 
together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So you don't need wings. That is why you have the Holy Ghost in you. Wow. In fact, on that day, you see the real power of the Holy Ghost. So if you have your son that has been in drugs, that has been in, in, in sin, that has been living a wayward life, and then you as the mother, you'll be saying, oh, my son, my son. No, 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 no. That's my son. When the Spirit of God takes you over, you forget that he is your son. That thought will not even, you will see him left, being left behind that you are going. I pray that will not be your case in Jesus' name. You will go with your sons and your daughters. Tell them about this. Praise God. So the word rapture means being caught up, being taken away. Praise God. And let me say this to you. The rapture, the rapture marks the end of the dispensation of grace. It marks the end of the dispensation of grace. Now you can sin and make mistake. And as soon as you sin or you make mistake, you repent, you ask God for forgiveness, God will forgive you right away. Because you are under the dispensation of grace. But after that time, after the rapture, that seal is going to be made. Clearly, that's the end of the dispensation of grace. You will have to pay for your own salvation with your own blood. Praise God. The rapture is the removal of the Holy Spirit again. Another major thing. That is the end of the oppression of the Holy Spirit in man. In man. To live this life because he is our paraclete, that is our helper, our comfort, and our strength. But the Bible says when the rapture is going to take place, it is the Holy Ghost that is going to go with us. So the Holy Ghost is not going to be here again to comfort us, to help us, to guide us, to direct us. He's no longer going to be here. Praise God. So the reason why you have courage to face the storm... You have strength to overcome. And the reason why you have faith to believe in God. And the reason why you can patient. And the reason why you can go through certain things and endure. It is because the Holy Ghost is helping you. He's here to help you. But after the rapture, the Holy Ghost is not going to be here anymore. So you say, oh Lord, I will endure this. Oh, I will overcome this. All the promises of God that you have in your Bible won't work again. Prayer won't work again. Praise God. That's speaking in tongues. That we are doing now. After the rapture, we're gone with the Holy Ghost. Those who will be left behind are going to be left all by themselves. And let me tell you the sad thing about the rapture. Hmm? God forbid if you lose your loved one or if they are left behind. It is a time after the rapture is going to be the great tribulation. And that tribulation period, it is a time wherein God's judgment is going to come upon the earth. That's number one. And number two, Satan also is going to vent his anger for those who are left behind because of his deep, deep jealousy. Praise God. So it's like double punishment at the same time. God will be judging the earth with plagues and all of that. And then Satan also will be destroying mankind. What do you, do you want to be? Praise God. That will not be your case in Jesus' name. The rapture is the close of the church age. It is the close of the church age. Now we have all kinds of church everywhere. You can go and live the life and ask for help and this and that and all of that. After that time, certain things that can work now for the church, that can work now according to the Bible and promises and instruction from God won't work at that time because that dispensation has closed. 
What a sad. That time. You cannot go and say, in the name of Jesus, I command headache disappear. It won't disappear. Because headache can disappear now when the Bible says by stripes you will heal and you're under the dispensation of grace and mercy. Healing comes through grace. After grace, no more healing. And this is why the Antichrist is going to have opportunity to perform mysteries, miracles, signs, and wonders. And people are going to believe him and hate God. They're going to worship him and curse God. Why? Be, the Bible says, is they're going to command fire from heaven, the Antichrist, and then the, 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 the false prophet. They're going to be operating and manipulating the earth. They're going to perform miracles in the heavenlies. They're going to do all kinds of things. And the people of the earth that will remain at that time will be deceived. The Bible says deception that have never existed. At that particular time, there will be so great a deception to the extent that people are going to believe the devil more than they believe God. So you see all the patience that God has been patient in waiting and, and trusting us to believe and live for him over 2,000 years ago. When it comes to an end, you see another side of God. Praise God. After the rapture. But I pray you won't be part of that in Jesus' name. You and I would have gone in the name of Jesus. The rapture marks the beginning of the great tribulation that will last for seven years. Seven good years. Seven years without mercy. Seven years without God's help. Can you imagine what a world it will be? Even now when we have the mercy of God, we have the grace of God. Look at the amount of people that they are killing. Amount of Christians that they are, I mean, they've been persecuted. The other day I saw something when, even in Nigeria, a, 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 the, I think he was the head of the, the Christian in the north. They killed the guy. They beheaded the guy. You see how Christians have been, have been killed and been, been, been persecuted. And you see the wicked, listen, the wickedness of the world now is so fierce and fearful. Sometimes I ask myself, where are we going as human beings? The way people, they don't have respect for women or children. They don't have respect. You can see women being abused publicly. You can see how, how they can kill people. They can cut their throat publicly. Chop their hands off, do this, split their stomach. The other day they showed me how I saw how people were calling other people from other places, especially from Africa, and telling them they have jobs somewhere in Europe or America, putting them in the plane when they get to a particular place, and they sell them out as slaves. Can you imagine that? For chicken change. What a wicked world. Some of them are being sold out as sex slaves. I watched one that was the most terrible one. These guys, they were splitting human beings. They are alive. They split them. The guy was struggling, trying to fight for his life. They are slapping him. And they chained the guy. They are splitting his belly, removing his heart to go sell to somebody else. Removing his body organs. It was live out there. spread. Maybe you have watched that too. Why would we be so wicked to each other? Let me shock you. The things that demons cannot do to themselves are the things that we are doing to ourselves. It's a shame to the human race. Because Satan is telling us to do certain things that he will not do to his colleagues or they will not do to themselves. But you are doing it to your own brothers and to your own sisters. It's a wicked generation. It's the last days. We're in the end time. Praise God. So the rapture is going to happen because God wants to take us away. Away from this wicked world. Praise God. Hallelujah. 
We cannot be living with Satan and the demons and the forces of darkness and violence and abuse. No, we cannot be living here forever. No. We're going to be gone. Praise God. And let me shock you again. After the rapture. Now we're talking about human rights, human deeds. Oh, this is wrong. This is right. After the rapture, the confusion that is going to be in the world is going to be terrible. There's not going to be a human right anymore. Mark my word. That's number one. After the rapture. No more human right. Number two. After the rapture, there's going to be lawlessness. Lawlessness. Right now, we see how men are abusing kids and infants and all of that. And they engage in bestiality. Animals and human beings and all this nonsense, threesome or whatever you can call them. I, I don't know all of those stuff. But you can imagine the evil and the wickedness that has permeated our world. When the rapture takes place, we have disappeared. We have left this earth. We are gone. You will see the worst of mankind. You are going to see, or the world is going to see the worst of mankind. Praise God. Hallelujah. It will be a time of lawlessness. It will be a time of no human rights anymore. No freedom anymore. And I said this some time ago, and let me reveal it again. It is a time when demons are not going to be in hiding anymore. You know why they cannot manifest themselves literally at times? It's because of you. And you know why it's because of you? Because the presence of the Holy Ghost is in you and upon you. So that restrained them. Praise God. But other than that, after the rapture, when the Holy Ghost would have been gone, you and I would have been gone. You know what's going to happen? Demons are going to literally begin to manifest themselves. And people will be walking on the road and then a demon will appear to them and slap them and abuse them and beat them and kick them. What, what are you going to do? People will be closing their doors and demons are going to literally appear in the room and say, yes, I'm here. And you say, why are you here? He says, oh, whatever. And then they do whatever they want to do. Because you know why? At that time, the power that stopped them from doing what they should be doing has been removed. That is the presence of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So this is why we must be very, very careful. These are things that people don't even pay attention to. It's going to be a world that God will abandon to itself and his judgment will prevail also. Praise God. This is why you don't have to be here. Coronavirus is just a glimpse of what's going to happen. The worst is coming. Ebola, people will be dying on the street and that, that's just a glimpse of what will happen. The worst is coming because at that particular time, who's going to go be looking out for vaccine? When demons are in operation, they're going to control the light system, the power system. They're going to control the economy with the one world currency and the one world government. And the Antichrist is in charge. People are going to be first and persecuted to take the mark of the beast, 666. And if you don't have the mark of the beast during that tribulation, 666, you cannot buy, you cannot sell. You cannot, how, how are you going to feed yourself and, and take care of your life? Do you want to be around? No. Turn to your neighbor. Say, not my portion. Hallelujah. So the rapture is about to take place. Now listen to this. The rapture is different from the second coming. The rapture is what the church is expecting now. The rapture is the next, um, I mean, is the present agenda of God's plan right now. It is after the rapture we have a seven-year tribulation. 
Excuse me. It is after the seven-year tribulation, the end of the seven-year tribulation, we're talking about the coming of Christ now. That is towards the end of the battle of Armageddon. That is what is called the second coming. So the second coming is not now. It's after the tribulation and after the battle of the Armageddon. But now, what is right now, what is the, the, the most important, the top of God's agenda is the rapture to take us away from this terrible earth. Praise God. The purpose of the rapture is to resurrect the saints of God according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 21 to 23, um, 51 to 58, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 to verse 6. I'm going fast, and if you want to take notes, you can um, get the audio or go online. Praise God. The purpose of the rapture is to change our physical bodies to a living saints. Hallelujah. Our mortal bodies are going to change. This flesh that wants to smoke, wants to drink, wants to take alcohol or drug, wants to curse and fight, wants to have sex, wants to be disobedient. This flesh that feels sick and feels pain is not going to go to heaven. This flesh will change. We're going to have what we call a celestial body. Amen. The purpose of the rapture is to take us out of this world before the tribulation. The purpose of the rapture is for us to be with Christ. The purpose of the rapture is for us to go um, for the large, uh, the, the last supper, the marriage supper, to be rewarded for all of our labors that we've labored and worked for here on earth, according to Revelation 19, 1 to 11, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8 down to verse 10. The purpose of the rapture is for God to spend time to be with us. Now let me say something in St. John chapter 14. Let's go there quickly. St. John chapter 14. Wow. Am I blessing you this morning? See verse 1. Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe, ye believe, ye believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Take note of these words now. These ones are very important. I, Jesus is saying, go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will what? Come again from Jesus himself. Why is he coming again? Because he had gone to prepare a place for us, right? He says he's gone to prepare a place. I will come again. And see, he says, I will come again and what? Receive you unto myself. Take note of this. And where I am, there you may be also. Praise God. In other words, the purpose, listen now, the purpose of the rapture is for us to go be with God. Now, breaking news. If you don't love God and you do not have a relationship with God, you can be a church member like you want or as much as you want, but you won't go to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. In other words, Jesus is going to come to take you to be with him. But if you do not have a relationship with him, how can he take you? Praise God. Now listen to this again. People think that because of their religiosity or their activities, or oh, I'm too holy, or I'm too righteous, or I'm too this, I'm too that, or whatever the case might be, that is why you're going to go to heaven. I'm going to heaven because I prayed more. I'm going to heaven because I've been fasting marathon 90 days without food and water. Fine. The reason why I'm saying this, the Muslim will tell you they're also righteous. They will tell you they're holy. They will tell you they've been fasting. The Hindu will tell you, oh, I, I never touched a man. I've never touched a woman. Or I've never done this. I've never committed this. And I've never... 
the works of righteousness is not the reason why you're going to go to heaven because you won't make it if that is the case. Because even if you're righteous in a godly manner, the Bible says a level of righteousness is as filthy rags before God. You are only going to go to heaven because God wants you to be there. <laughs> Praise God. God is going to be there. That is why you are going to go there. God is going to be there and he wants you to be there with him. Praise God. Jesus is the one that promised heaven. Muhammad doesn't promise heaven. Hindu, Hare Krishna, Buddha, and uh, 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 Sarastha, you name all the religions, not a single one of them promise that they can take anyone to heaven. They promise that when you go to heaven, you have ten virgins and this, that. Why are you going to commit the fornication or adultery in heaven? Is that why they're going to give you virgins there? What a crazy people, crazy world. Where do you get that nonsense from? Praise God. You are going to go to heaven because God wants you to go there. Number one. Number two, because God wants you to be with him there. And the most important of all is because God is going to be there. And I'm going to master that this morning before we close. God is going to be in heaven and he wants you to be there because that is his place. If God is not in heaven, you won't go there. You won't. Praise God. Heaven is God's abode. Is God's kingdom. Is God's house. Is God's place. Is God's will. Praise God. And God, as I said before, God is a relational God. The Bible says when he created Adam and Eve and gave them this earth, the Bible says he used to come down in the cool of the day to fellowship with man. Oh boy, I can't wait for us to go to heaven and see this wonderful God that we've never seen before. How it looks like. Woo! We go to heaven. Oh my God. There will be no sickness anymore. As I'm preaching to you now, physically I'm weak. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. And that is why I have not been shouting. See me look so calm today and all of that. Why I'm physically, my body is tender. I didn't, I didn't even have up to two hours sleep since last night. For the past two, three days, I haven't had up to two hours sleep to say I sleep well. No. For the past two, three days, since Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I've been busy. Today, I'm even busy. When I was, I, was, I, was, I was coming this morning, I'm like, God, give me grace. Give me strength to, to preach this message. Help me. But in heaven, it's not going to be like that. Nobody is going to be frail. No one is going to be weak. Nobody is going to be tired. Nobody is going to be sick. Nobody is going to be afflicted. No attack. Can you imagine what a world? How many of us wants to be in heaven? Let me see your hand. Woo! Everybody. Why did you come to Canada, in fact? Why did you left your place, your country? Most of us are from somewhere, right? You came from somewhere to live in Canada. Why? Because you see, they have a what? A better lifestyle. There's better opportunity, better provisions here. So it's like, you know what? I'm looking for green pastures. There's a better green pasture somewhere called heaven. You see, that is why, oh my goodness, Abraham could say something in the book of um, um, Hebrews. The Bible says he is waiting, he's anxiously waiting for that place, to get to that place where the builder and the maker is God. He says, I can't wait to go. This is why, listen to this now, 
people who are believers, who are Christians, right? And they are sick, you know, they are at the point of death. Most of them don't want to live. They just want to die and go because God would have been showing them certain things. I think I told you this story several years ago. I had, that was when I first came to Canada. I had an experience that I wish I didn't come back. It was a death experience. I walked and walked and walked and I exhausted. I passed out in between the washroom and the, 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 the dining room. I don't know what happened again. I was like, God. But I will shock you this morning. Listen to this. For those of you who have never heard that. That was the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. That was the most peaceful, peaceful moment I've ever had in my entire life. When I came back to myself, I was like, where am I here? Man, it was so good. <laughs> Praise God. It feels so good. The atmosphere, peaceful. This that we're talking about peace. No, this is not peace. Wait until we get to heaven. My, oh my. Praise God. When you get to heaven, that's, that's when you know that when the Bible says vanity is vanity, Solomon says everything is vanity, you know that your clothes, your shoes, and your bag, your house, your this, that, that you're breaking your head to build or achieve in this life is nothing. Praise God. Hallelujah. St. John 14 verse 3 says, Jesus says, I have gone to prepare this place. And the purpose of the preparation of this place is for you. It didn't stop there. I am going to come back to take you to myself. So he says that where I am, there you may be also. Which means that Jesus is saying, you are going to be with me forever and ever. So... Breaking news. The purpose of going to heaven is to be with God forever and ever. So listen to this now. Pay attention and look at me. Very deep. Forget about going to heaven. What did I say? Good. This is psychological a little bit. Pay attention to God. Love God. Have a deep, intimate relationship with God. Don't let anybody threaten you about heaven. You know why you need to pay attention with God or to God? It's because when you have a relationship with God, remember I said God is a relational God, heaven is yours. You're going to go there. You have no choice but to go to be where he says, I'm going to come take you to myself and we're going to be together forever. So people should not be threatening you about heaven or talking things or saying things. No, it's about God. Listen, if you have a relationship with God, you will go to heaven. If you live a life that pleases God, you will go to heaven. If you obey God, you will go to heaven. If you live the life that is in line with God's word, you will go to heaven. If you do the will of God, you will go to heaven. The problem that we have in our world today is that religion teaches people to go to heaven without God. And it's not going to work. That's why I said, don't think about the heaven. Don't break your head over heaven. The thing that you should be focusing on is on God. God and God will love him, worship him, live for him, please him, and do his will. Because he's the one that owned heaven. He's the one that will take you to heaven. Yeah. It's like you, somebody is saying, you know, I want to come to your house, but I hate you. I don't want to be with you. Or I want to live in your house, but I don't want anything to do with you. You say, just stay where you are. Please don't try it. Why? How can you? Oh, because I live in a mansion. So you want to come live in the mansion, but you don't, like, you don't want to be with me. We call them what? Users and abusers, right? Covetous and greedy people. And that is what religion teaches. About heaven and not about the God of the heaven. 
So that is why I say, forget about the heaven. Don't break your head about it. You are going there if you have a relationship with God. So don't break your head about it. If you live a holy life, sanctified, pure life, forget about Don't break your head about heaven. So you are not going to miss heaven because of that or any other reason. As long as you are living for God, you are going to make heaven. Because the owner of heaven says, I am going to come and take you so that you are going to be there with me. We're going to be together. It's like you getting married to somebody. The man says, I'm a millionaire. But you know what? I'm going to marry you. We're going to live in the mansion together. Say, Ooh, count on me. I'm ready for that day. But how about the man or the woman will say, well, you know what? I don't love you, but you know, I heard you're a millionaire. I just want to come and live in that mansion so I can have my own portion. He said, oh yeah, you know how I got this? You know how I get to this level? It won't work. You must love me first. So love God first. Have a personal, intimate relationship. Why God? Why God? Let me tell you this. Let me give you a script, few scriptures. You just write this down because of time. Why God first? Because listen to this. Everything about everyone is centered on God. You'll be shocked. Everything about heaven. That is why I said if you don't love God, forget about going to heaven. If you don't have a relationship with God, you can be religious as much as you want. If you don't live the life that pleases God, you can't go there. Everything about heaven is centered on God. If you read Revelation chapter 4, I will read that quickly for you. But let me just go through these few verses. Revelation chapter 4 verse 5 says that God is the light that is in heaven. There's no light in heaven. When we come here, we have to turn the switch on and off. There's no light in heaven. You know why? They don't live in darkness. The presence of God is the light in heaven. It's in your Bible. Praise God. Hallelujah. The presence of God is the light in heaven. You can see that in Revelation chapter 21 verse 23. Revelation chapter 22 verse 5. It says God is the light there. So there's no need for light. Listen to this now. Which means that everything that you should see or know is coming from the light that is in the throne your attraction is going to be centered on what the person that is on the throne god because that is the only place the light is coming from number two the bible says in revelation chapter 4 verse 6 that there is a glass of sea in the center i mean in the in front of the throne of god a sea there is a sea there it's like crystal it's called crystal glass in the book of revelation Woo! Beautiful. Praise God. The Bible says that crystal glass sea is flowing from the throne of God. It's a kind of sea that doesn't exist on earth. It's only existing in heaven. But the power that, that, that keep that thing functioning is coming from the throne of God. So you see, what do you discover? Everything is what? Centered on what? God and the throne. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Revelation 21 verse 1 that the rivers of the, that, that is flowing from that uh, sea is coming from the throne of God. In Revelation chapter 16 verse 17, the Bible says God accomplished every single work from the throne. From that throne where he sits. At the end he says it is done. Every work is accomplished from the throne. That is why you should worship God. Pay attention to God. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 4 and verse 5 says that they worship God, the 24 elders, and everybody, they bow before the throne. They bow before the throne. That is why your attention ought to be centered on God. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 15 down to verse uh, 17, it talks about how 
we are going to be fed from the throne. We are going to, the people in heaven, we, when we get there, we're going to be fed from the throne of God. That's number one. And number two, the Bible says, every tears are going to be wiped away from the throne of God. Every tears of sorrow, tears of shame, tears of pain, everything has, uh, uh, that you have gone through, God is going to wipe away those shame and those tears from the throne of God. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 10, verse 10, the Bible says there's going to be continuous worship from the throne of God. In Revelation chapter 8, verse 3 says that the prayers of the saints are going to be offered with incense at the throne of God. So what do we see? God is the center of attraction. We're going to talk about the throne shortly. Praise God. And this God is alive. Look at Revelation chapter 4 quickly. Revelation chapter 4. Wow, time flies. Are we there? Revelation chapter 4. Praise God. Are we there? Verse 4, um, from verse 1. Revelation 4 from verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking. Can you imagine? Trumpet talking with me. <laughs> Wonderful. Which said, come up thither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Verse number two says, and immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven. Take note of this now, deep now. Behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat on the throne, take note, one that sat on the throne, he tried to describe it with the little knowledge that he has, the mere revelation knowledge that he has to describe God. He says, one that was sitting on the throne, that sat on the throne, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper. He says, it looks like a jasper. Praise God. And a sardine, a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne. Praise God. Inside like unto an emerald. So he says he looks like a sardine storm. He looks like an emerald. He looks like a what? A jasper. In other words, have you seen a diamond before? Some of you have never seen one. I've seen a diamond. Amen. Okay. A clear, a clear, a clear example that I will give. Not even a diamond. Something that's brighter than the diamond. The sun. Can you look at the sun? I think a lion can try to like gaze on the sun. Lion does that too, right? But the Bible says that he could see that there's somebody on the throne. He knew that somebody is there, but he could not describe the person. The limited level of description that he has to describe the person is he looks like a diamond. He looks like a jasper. He looks like a what? Like an emerald. He looks like all these wonderful, expensive Jewels. He's shining. He's glittering. He's bright. He's powerful. But he cannot tell clearly. Praise God. He says, And round about the throne were four and twenty elders, and upon the seat I saw, take note, I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had no, they had on their head, on their head crowns of gold. Looking for gold? <laughs> Gonna have crowns of gold. Praise God. And out of the throne proceeded lightning. What is coming out of the throne? Lightning and what? Thunderings, number three, voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne, 
there was a sea. You see what I was telling you? A sea of glass like unto crystal. Do you see that there? A sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne and the Bible says were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. Can you imagine? Have you ever seen a creature like that? That is full of eyes before and behind? Hmm. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them, take note of that, six wings. Have you ever seen a creature like that? <laughs> six wings, full of eyes, praise God. They have six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy are you Lord all creation called you Lord worthy you know when we get to heaven there is so much that we're going to go and do and say unto our God holy 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 Lord God almighty all those wonderful songs of holy 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 we'll be singing you are holy oh so holy praise god they were saying holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come verse 9 and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever and the four and twenty elders what happened they fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that live it forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying thou art worthy O Lord to receive glory and honor and power and thou hast received all things sorry thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created wow what a God we serve what a great God we serve I just want to round up with few things and just go through this quickly who are those that will be raptured number one those who are born again you can see that in st john chapter 3 verse 1 to 3 those who live a holy and a pure life before god first john chapter 3 verse 1 down to verse 3 and the bible says we must comfort one another with these words in hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 the bible says except a man uh, uh you must be holy if you are not holy, you cannot see God. In Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 36, it says that we should be worthy. Those who are worthy are those who are going to make heaven. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5, 27, those who are holy without blemish. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, new creatures. Those who are new creatures in the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 down to 21. And Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. Those who loved God and live for him. Amos chapter 4, verse 12. Those who have prepared themselves for the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 50, 15, verse 58. Those who are steadfast, unmovable, or always abound with the things of God. Matthew 24, 13. Those who will endure till the very end. The Bible talks about the faithful. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. Those who will hold fast to the end. First Thessalonians chapter 22. Verse uh, chapter 5, verse 22, those who will abstain from evil and every work of darkness. Hallelujah. Those are the people that will be raptured. What should we do to be raptured? What should we do? 
always appear before the presence of the Lord. According to Psalm 84 verse 7, appear before God for strength so that you don't backslide. Run to the throne of grace daily. According to Hebrews chapter 4 verse 6, the Bible says we run to the throne to receive help in time of need. Pray that your faith fail not. Jesus prayed that prayer for Peter. According to second, um, uh, Luke chapter 22, 31 to 32. Be strong in the Lord. According to Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Uh, Luke chapter 6 verse 45. Maintain a life of godliness. Hallelujah. First, uh, first Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. First Timothy 4 8. Live by God's word or live according to God's word. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. Luke chapter 4 verse 4. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to 22. Be very careful about seducing spirit and deception. We're going to make heaven be very careful about seducing spirit and deception. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1 to verse 2. Be spiritually minded. Romans chapter 8 verse 6. Use wisdom and understanding in every area and aspect of your life. Ephesians 1 17 to 18. Be holy. Hebrews 12, 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 down to verse 10. Finally, 2 Peter chapter 3, please. 2 Peter chapter 3. What are the guides? Just give you this few guides and we pray. I hope I have blessed you. 2 Peter, are we there? Chapter 3. Amen. I'm going to read through so that we get these things clearly. From verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I know and now write unto you in both which I steer up your mind or your pure mind. I steer up your pure mind by the way of remembrance that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophet and of the commandment of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? They said his coming is coming up to now. Where is he? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they, we, for this they willingly are ignorant. That is, they have a choice. They deliberately decide to be ignorant. Ignorant of that by the word of God, the heaven were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the waters, praise God, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water, they perished, praise God. Verse 7 says, But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Verse 8 says, But beloved, take note of this now, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering towards what, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is why it has not happened yet. So it's not that God lied. He's waiting patiently for us. Look at some of the girls now. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in that which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Number one, the first 
guide that you should pay attention to. He says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? So be holy and live a godly life. Be holy and what? That's the first guide. Verse 12. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for what? A new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Second girl, number verse 14, it says, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, that is the new heaven and the new earth, that dwelleth righteousness where God will be, it says, Be what? Be diligent that ye may be found in him, found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. That is, be diligent and live a life without spot and be blameless. Second point. That's the second guide. Hallelujah. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our Lord, as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things heard to be understood. Some of these things can be difficult to understand, but it is still given so that you can learn. Hallelujah. Which they that are unlearned and unstable, the rest, as they do also the other scriptures. Praise God. Unto their own destruction. Verse 17, the third guard. What is the third guide? It says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before. Thank God we know before the time. Number one, beware. Lest ye also be led away from the error. Uh, be led away with the error of the wicked fall from your own steadfastness. So the third point is beware. So that we do not allow others to lead us astray. That is the third point. And then finally, verse 18, the third guide or guide is, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How far have you grown? How much have you grown? What are some of the perimeters that you've set up against the world and against sin? What are the standards that you've set up in your life to preserve yourself for God and God alone? It will be sad that after you have labored and labored and suffered and at the end you miss heaven. How I pray that that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, I will see you there. We shall be there together. The Bible says that Abraham was anxiously looking for this heaven. He says he could not wait to see this heaven where God is the builder and the maker. When do you come to church? I mean, or whenever you come to church, do you have heaven in mind? Do you have God at heart to say, wow, I can't wait for this day to happen? It's like somebody promised you marriage. And he says, ah, it's going to be December 25th, Christmas Day. You're like, hey, I can't wait. You're counting your days. See, it's coming. 
Praise God. Or the time that you're supposed to go for a, a visa for, for, for certain things or go to a particular country for a visa and then you're like, wow, come with your document, your appointment date is so and so. You say, oh, I can't wait for that day. I know I'm going to get my visa. You're anxious. You're desperate. How many of us are anxious and desperate and can't wait to go to heaven? Praise God. Many of us are in church, but our minds are not centered on eternity. It's good to be a church member. It's good to be a church worker. It's good to be a church leader. It's good to be involved in church activities. But if the church itself or herself is not in you, then you're not part of the church. And the only way the church will be in you is when Christ is in you. The Bible says he's the hope of glory. We will not miss heaven in Jesus' name. Stand to your feet this morning and let's ask for God's grace, God's mercy, God's protection, God's direction, so that we will make heaven. We will make heaven. We will not miss heaven. Until I reach my home, until I reach my home, I will never, never stop my journey halfway. Hallelujah, until I reach my home. Oh, until I reach my home. I reach my home. Until I reach my home. I will never ever stop my journey halfway. Hallelujah, until I reach my home. Oh, until I reach heaven, I reach heaven, until I reach heaven, Lord, I will never ever stop my journey halfway, hallelujah, until I reach heaven, till I see my God, until I see my God, I see my God, until I see my God. I will never ever stop my journey halfway. Hallelujah until I see my God. I see Jesus until I see Jesus. I see Jesus until I see Jesus. I will never ever stop my journey halfway. Hallelujah until I see Jesus. Until I reach heaven, until I reach heaven, I reach heaven, until I reach heaven, I will never ever stop my journey halfway. Hallelujah, until I reach heaven, until I reach my home. Never give 
giving your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of you who are watching through this media, you're watching through this TV program or through the social media or network, you have no hope for eternity. You are lost. You've heard about heaven, but you don't know how to get there. If you live your life and you fail to prepare for eternity, it means that all the plans that you planned have already failed. It means that your entire life has failed. How would you live this life a few days and you die and go to eternal hell, separated from Almighty God? That will not be the case of your life or the case of your family members. In that regard, as you're watching me, I want you to say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you. You are my God and my Savior. I repent of every sin in my life. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my personal Savior. Remove my name from the book of death. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life, which is in heaven. Jesus Christ, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that God raised you from the dead. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. For those of you who are in the house, Maybe you are running this race and you are exhausted, you are tired. You feel like giving up. Sometimes the enemies will come and tell you, no, there is no need. This Christian race is a battle. And it's a race at the same time. You will endure till the very end in the name of Jesus. You will win your battle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to pray with you right now. Let us pray together. Lift up your voice as I pray with you and begin to talk to the Lord. Father, we ask for more grace, great grace and strength. We ask for wisdom. We ask for your empowerment. We ask for divine direction. We ask for provision so that supernatural provision that will keep us going to the very end. Holy Spirit, be our guide. Be our strength. Holy Spirit, have your way. We exalt you, God. We magnify you. We worship you. Be glorified. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Put your hands together for the Lord. You can be seated.